Bill, good to have you on the show. I want to talk about how you guys think about your Bitcoin position. I know your firm has talked about BTC for a while now and how it kind of fits in, but walk me through it here because we hear from the crypto people and it's always good to hear from the stock people as well. How do you pair it together with an overall stock portfolio? Yeah, well, so I think it depends on how you want and can get exposure. It's pretty hard to buy it right now um, directly and put it into a fund for regulatory reasons. There are some other ways to get exposure, uh, one of which would just be through the company called MicroStrategy, which recently put all of its cash into Bitcoin and the stock has soared um, in conjunction with that news. Um, so there's a variety of ways to do it, but the overall uh, investment thesis on Bitcoin is pretty simple, right? And that if you just look at the current units of account that are out there, uh, all the currencies around the world, there's roughly $130 trillion worth outstanding. Bitcoin's market cap today is about $700 billion, which is a tiny fraction of the aggregate units of account that are out there uh, now and actually those units of account are arguably increasingly less valuable actually not even arguably because if you look at the total dollar value of the currency outstanding it increased 20 percent year over year in 2020 mm. so they're just printing dollars and all kinds of other currencies willy-nilly and so the aggregate market capitalization of bitcoin today is equal to just the amount of money in the world that was printed during a random two-week period in 2020 and so the, the real value in Bitcoin is this um, underlying logical protocol, which says there will never be more than 21 million Bitcoin. You know exactly what the supply curve is going to be. It increased roughly two and a half percent in 2020 versus all other currencies at 20 percent in aggregate. Um, you can transfer it around the world instantly in large quantities with very little hassle to other people on the network. You know, I think people pay too much attention to the actual dollar price of Bitcoin itself and not enough to the aggregate market cap because that's really where the value is is in the aggregate network and the market cap and the aggregate belief state there and so bitcoin today its market cap it, it makes it larger than all but six companies in the s p 500 right approximately 100 people 100 million people around Bill, the world it's still, it. there's a lot of i just want to jump in because what i want to try and figure out is how you think about this in relation overall to an investing theme and the exposure uh from the portfolio standpoint because right now even though it seems like Bitcoin does respond kind of from a broad brush perspective to some of these macro events. I agree with you there on the on the kind of more discrete correlations. It, it, it's hard to figure out, right? I mean, gold's a market cap that's seven times Bitcoin and our traditional store of value. It looks like it's doing something very different uh, right now. So how do you think about how to pair this with other things that you own? Well, that's exactly right. And I think that's the beauty of it. And that its correlation is very hard to predict. Uh, it's based entirely on the aggregate belief in the network and the technology. You, you know this, you know the supply, it's not changing. Uh, in fact, it's the only asset in the world where the supply will not change relative to the demand. So that's what's really interesting about it is that it's, it's, it is true that it's aggregate value and the price per Bitcoin is, is related to what people think of it. And so but what you're seeing now and this is what's really interesting is you're finally seeing institutional adoption after retail. And so institutions are now finally coming in, yet it's still incredibly under-owned at the institutional level. So one of the reasons we really like it is there's very few things out there with this level of liquidity. It's a remarkably liquid asset uh, and still this amount of upside. You mentioned that using uh, MicroStrategy as kind of a proxy. I'm curious about that and 
the risks associated with some of these publicly traded Bitcoin proxies? Uh, because if this is causing you know a premium in these, I mean, MicroStrategy is up 230% the last three months versus Bitcoin's uh, 200 roughly. So it seems like there is a little bit of a, a premium in these, you know, Riot Blockchain, some of the other ones are even wilder that are up like 600%. How do you um, compensate for that, or does that make it an inefficient way to get exposure to BTC? No, I don't think it is necessarily an inefficient way. I do agree with you that you have to be cautious in some of these names. Uh, I don't know what cryptos some of the names you mentioned are involved in. I know that MicroStrategy only owns Bitcoin. Uh, the way that we see it is there's one or two dominant winners in this kind of digital asset space, Bitcoin being one. Uh, MicroStrategy originally, though, before this move, was its core business was undervalued, so you got to take that into account. Um, but also, the other interesting thing about MicroStrategy is that its CEO, uh, Michael Saylor, owns al almost 30% of the company. And so he's a very smart individual. Uh, he's studied this thing. He's a rocket scientist. He's, he's done a lot of cool stuff. And so he kind of gets the technology. And what's really interesting, if you think about MicroStrategy, they have data feeds in some of the largest companies in the world. Uh, I don't know what their exact ability to use that is, but I do know that being the largest owner of Bitcoin in the world is going to present some interesting optionality, potentially in conjunction with that data mm. feed down the road. Bill, right now, the uh, uh, narrative around what happens in a Biden administration is very focused on spending fiscal stimulus. We saw the details of the $2 trillion, roughly, dollar plan last week. Uh, that, to me, was important to see how Bitcoin and the dollar responded to the actual news. And trading and investing, a lot of people talk about selling the news or trying to figure out what's priced in. And when the actual information arrives, and when it did, Bitcoin's kind of flatlined since then. Uh, we've gotten rejected from 40K. The dollar seems to be stabilizing. How will we know when the market has adequately understood the spending and the debt because for the bitcoin narrative it seems like uh, we have to keep piling on further debt or endangering our currency incrementally so bitcoin at forty thousand versus the previous high at 20 tells me that the risk of that burden getting overwhelming has indeed increased uh, via the price of bitcoin but to ever get to the 100 200 k's does it not then logically follow that we should be seeing how it responds to new fiscal news it's really hard to know exactly uh, how Bitcoins respond to anything. And again, that's part of the beauty of it. But I, you do raise the right point in that as all of this stimulus and, and additional money was being printed, Bitcoin went up a lot. And we think that'll continue to be the case. If you just look at Bitcoin, it's been the best performer on eight out of the past 10 calendar years. And so not owning it has been a massive mistake. And so continuing to not own it is, we think will continue to be a massive mistake. And most people are kind of coming around to that point of view. The trend is increasingly powerful. The regulatory outlook is increasingly clear. Oh my God. And so uh, there's a lot of reasons to own it.